God will sometimes allow us to go through things to be able to be trained. And uh, I want to read to you today in, in Luke 3, 4 through 6. Look at your neighbor and say, I'm ready for change. It says this, Isaiah had spoken of John when he said, he is a voice shouting in the wilderness, prepare, circle that word, prepare, prepare the way for the Lord's coming, clear the road for him, the valleys will be filled and the mountains made level and the curves will be straightened and the rough places smooth and then all the people will see the salvation sent from God. This is what John was saying. In essence, he was saying, get ready. There's a new sheriff in town. There's time for change. He was saying, get ready because there is a time for change. Nobody really likes change. Very few people like change. And that's why uh, we're talking about it today. And the title of my message is Prepared to change, prepared to change. John Maxwell said this. He said, don't change just enough to get away from your problems. Change enough to solve them. Don't just change your circumstances. Improve your life. Change yourself to improve your circumstances. Don't do the same old things expecting to get different results. Get different results by doing something new. Look at your neighbor and say, you got to do something new. You know, Paul writes in Philippians 2.12, he begins to say, he begins to say, listen, I've been with you, and when you, when I was with you, you were doing good, but now that I'm away, he said, I want you to show the results of your salvation. And he, something, he says something that really stands out to me. He says this, for God is working in you giving you the desire and the power to do what pleases him. God is working in you to do what he desires. He's giving you desire and power to really be able to do his will. How many of you know that God is working in you? And see, this, this, is, uh, this is what Paul was saying in this portion of scripture. He was saying, if we don't come into maturity, we're just wasting time. If we don't come into maturity, he says, all of this is for nothing. He said, if Jesus comes back and and we're still backbiting, we're still criticizing, and we're still ringing the bell in the middle of a trial or a middle of a, a circumstance, he says, we're doing all this for nothing. How many of you know that the church is to equip, not to entertain? How many of you know that God wants to equip us? He says that we're like soldiers He says that he wants to train us or disciple us, not entertain us. How many of you know there's a blessing on the other side of your training? And we have to be prepared to be trained. Prepared to be trained. This is my question today. You know, God is working in you, but are you working with God? God is working in you. He's putting the right desires. He's putting the right things but we have a choice to either lay hold of those things or go another route. We have a choice. See, he's working in us, but are we listening? Are we listening to the right desires and the right things that God has put in us? And I believe that that is the secret. I believe that's the secret because 
a lot of us can run away from what God is wanting to do in our lives. We can try to run away. See, some of y'all signed up for life classes, and God is like, this is the time to get changed. This is the time to get trained. But, you know, it, it, isn't it crazy that it seems like at the last moment we can just kind of ring the bell and say, no, I'm just going to be normal. No, I'm not going to go. I don't, I don't think I'm going to make it today. Well, don't expect your circumstances to change if you're not willing to be trained. You say, well, I just want to go and I want to hear a good word. That's not what the church was designed to do. We're supposed to equip each other for change. And, and you can't change by saying, I'm just going to keep everything the same. When you change, everything changes. You know, Jesus said, he said, you can't, you can't put old wine in new wineskin. It says it's going to burst. He said, you can't get a new patch and put it on an old cloth and patch it up because it's going to tear. Listen, tearing and bursting doesn't sound good to me. <laughs> I want to avoid tearing and bursting. Why? Because if we are going to come into the new thing that God has for us and get rid of the old, then we'll be able to have a grace to get trained and changed so that our circumstances can change. And so in our lives, we have to realize we can't run away because if you run away from change that God is doing in your life, it only gets worse. Look at Jonah's life. God said, hey, I want you to go to Nineveh, Jonah. He was like, yeah, I know, God, but I don't like Nineveh. Have you ever felt like that? I know, God, what you want me to do, but I don't really like it. And God's like, all right. So, so Jonah finds himself on the wrong boat with the wrong crew. How many of you know, young people, that if you run away from God, you'll find yourself with the wrong crew? You'll find yourself on the wrong boat going in the wrong direction. And the Bible says that a storm came when Jonah began to sail off away from what God was trying to do in him, away from the change that God was trying to produce in him. He was sailing away, and, and the Bible says that a storm came. How many of you know that there are storms that happen in our life that we cause to come into our life? Now, there are storms that we didn't cause. There are storms that come that, that, uh, that could be the enemy. But there are some storms that come because of our own doing. And when you run away from God, sometimes in a storm, step back and say, God, am I in alignment with you? Am I in alignment with you? Because sometimes God can use a storm to wake us up. Am I right about it? We don't like this part of the Bible. We want to etch this part of the Bible out. But God sometimes uses storms to create change in us. Are you going through a storm? Are you going through a storm? Let me ask you. Let me ask you, are you going through the training that God wants you to go through? Are you, go, are you going uh, towards getting more trained with God? Because that's, that's what we're called to do. We're called to be disciples. Come on, we're called to be disciples. Christians are disciples. Believers are disciples. If you become in a relationship with Jesus, you become a disciple. You don't just come like a bottom-level person. No, no, no. There is, when you give your life to Jesus, you become fully a disciple. Jesus never wanted to uh, make any difference between them. How many of you say, I want to be a disciple? Why do we want to be disciple disciples? 
Because Jesus gave everything for us, man. Those of you that decided to be a disciple is because you saw how good God was. Those of you decided to be a disciple was you actually had an encounter with the love of God and you can't see yourself going back. How many of you say, I'm never going back? Jonah found himself in a storm and then Jonah was so depressed, he was so depressed, he tried to commit suicide. How many of you know depression can come when we're running away from God's purpose in our life? Depression can come when we're running away from what God wants to do and the change. We want to hold on to the old. We want to hold on to what's comfortable and God saying, no, I'm getting you out the boat. I need you to go somewhere. I need you to do something. I need you to change. And we find ourselves in a place where we can feel low. Jonah jumps out the boat and gets swallowed up by a well. That's a dark place. There is no light. That is a very dark place. Have you ever been a dark place? It was finally in that moment, in that dark place, that Jonah said, God, I give up. God, I want to do whatever you want me to do. See, a lot of people run their whole lives and live in storms and live in dark places and live in depression and live in a place where they're hooking up with the wrong people, doing the wrong thing because they didn't get to the place where they said, God, do what you want in my life. Train me. Disciple me. Do Work in me. I'm going to start to hook up with the work that you're doing in me. I'm not going to run away anymore. How many of you want to say that I want to get prepared to get changed? I want to get prepared to get changed. Let's pray. If you can, just lift your hands up. Lord, we thank you for today. We thank you for your word. We pray today, Lord, that you begin to change us. We pray today that you begin to work in us and that you just give us a grace to get prepared for the change that you need to make in our lives. In the name of Jesus, amen. Change is not always fun. Those of you that are older know that you had to go through a puberty uh, period. That wasn't fun. I'm trying to prepare my kids already for that period. Pimples are not fun. Am I right about it? Y'all remember pimples. You remember? Had a big pepperoni on your nose while you're trying to talk to the person you had a crush on. You know what I mean? That that's never that's never in between stages never fun. You can't be cool when your voice is cracking. How you doing? You know what I mean? You can't you can't it, you're in an in between stage, but but a lot of a lot of people that hit that stage, they kind of lose it cuz they're not prepared for it. There's all these emotions, there's all these feelings, there's all, and when they're not prepared, they can kind of just lose it. How many of you had a bad haircut during puberty puberty season? You had a bad haircut. We were watching 2020 the other night about some kind of, um, some kind of, uh, I don't know, this guy murdered somebody. I don't know, Leah likes to watch peaceful shows like that, and um and I always tend to try to make fun of the villain, and he had a butt cut, and I actually had a butt cut in, uh, in, in, in going into high school. I had a butt cut. He was like a little Asian-looking guy. I was like, look at this little butt cut Asian. And she was like, that's what they called you in high school. I said, thanks a lot, Leah. Ouch, that hurt. But we go, we go through this season where we're in an in-between stage, and we have to make a decision, are we going to grow up, or are we going to stay in that stage? 
See, that is the season when we have to grow up. A lot of times we get older and we never want to grow up. Listen, in, in the puberty season, you're like wanting to be selfish. You're wanting it all in your way. You're wanting things to go your way and happen your way and all that. And unless you're trained, unless you start to disciple yourself into really channeling these changes, you'll find yourself in some bad places. Am I right about it? Y'all know what I'm talking about. And, and, and we have to make a decision. I know some people that are 25 years old that are still acting like they're in puberty. I know some people that are 50 years old that still acting like they're going through puberty. Why? Because they refuse to change and they want to hold on to the old. Remember those guys like Uncle Rico? You know what I'm saying? They're like 30-something years old talking about their glory days in high school. It's over. Let it go. We don't want to hear about the tackle that you made in the third inning. We don't want to hear about the pass that you threw. We don't care. You weren't a superstar, and it wasn't because you tore your ACL that you didn't go to the NFL. It's just the truth. Get out of the old and get into the new. How many of you want to get into the new? And we only get into the new when we're willing to be changed. We're willing and we're prepared to be changed. See, God God doesn't want you to just... Get the promotion, and then your character match the promotion. God wants to build your character and then give you the promotion. God doesn't want to bless you with more finances before you have the character to take care of it. Take care of it. He wants to give you the character, then he wants to give you the finances. God doesn't want to just give you the husband that you want and just give it to you and let you just try to figure it out and ruin your life. He wants you to have character to match. See, the Bible says, I heard a pastor say this, I thought it was so good. The Bible says that when a husband finds a wife, he finds a good thing. He did not say when a husband finds a girlfriend. Did not say when a husband finds a girlfriend, finds a good thing. No, when he finds a wife. It didn't say when a husband finds a girl that likes to play games, he's blessed. When a, when, a, when a guy finds a girl that can't make up her mind, finds a girl that doesn't have, no. God says those that find a wife find a good thing. And a lot of people want to get married, but they're not ready for marriage. And if you're waiting for the blessing, begin to allow God to change you so he grows your character so that you're ready. Am I right about it? I love that scripture because it says the guy should find the wife. The wife shouldn't find the guy. Am I right about it? See, when you're, when you're a woman of God running after God and being like in that place like you're already married, that's when the right guy is going to find you. When you're not always looking. And guys, this is a problem with guys. Are you all okay really quick? Guys are so insecure to go after the wife that they just like anybody that kind of likes them. They kind of ask a friend, how do they, oh, they kind of, oh, they kind of like me. Okay, I'm going to like them too. Instead of going after the person that's wife material. Are you, re- are, you, are you seeing what I'm saying? God wants to grow us so that we can really have the capacity for the blessing. Because sometimes blessings can ruin us if we're not ready for it. 
I know my son wants a pistol, but he's eight years old. He can't have a 40 pistol. Why? He's not ready for it. He has to learn to clean his room and brush his teeth, fix his hair. Maybe we can talk about a BB gun. You know what I mean? But there needs to be some some growing for him to get blessed with the blessing. I think Christians make the 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 problem or the issue of, you know, we become dreamers. We're dreaming and we're coming into faith, but we don't want to change or grow to begin to take care of that dream. God wants you to have faith. He wants you to have a dream, but he also wants you to change. Am I right about it? You know, we, we see in marriages all the time that the guys just go off and do whatever they want to do, and the wife is at home. Are, are, there's no honor in the home, there's no love in the home, and we expect our kids to be respectful. We're like, God, we're just praying for those kids. God, change those kids. Let them, let them respect us and let them honor. And God's saying, yeah, but uh, they see you yelling at each other all the time. And sometimes we have to say, God, all right, like Jonah, God, I give up. When I change... Everything changes. See, when Jonah made a decision, when Jonah made the decision to go after God, God worked in Jonah. Jonah was in the perfect peace, and there was a revival that happened there in Nineveh, one of the greatest revivals in biblical history. Why? Because somebody got in alignment with what God was doing. And let me ask you today, are you resisting change or, or are you embracing change? Because that's what God wants you to do. Listen, if you're working somewhere and you want to be an owner of a business, act like the owner of the business at the place that you're working. Right? Act like the owner of the business while you're there. Somebody didn't like that. (laughs) It's okay. If we always act like an employee, we'll always be just an employee. If we act, if we say, "Well, the boss doesn't give me any recognition," the boss doesn't do that, and the boss is the, and the it's always somebody else's fault. Instead of you saying, "Let me treat this like it's mine," because if you can't take care of what is what is another man's, how are you going to be able to take care of your own? And if we come in sloppy, we're going to get a sloppy promotion. You say, well, I really need, I really need my finances to get better. No, we need to grow up. We need to get here early. Am I right about it? How many of you know that God doesn't want sloppy? God doesn't want sloppy. God wants us to come up to the place that he is bringing us. And this is a secret. Don't get discouraged. Because the more you hook up with God, the more you see how far you have to go. Don't get discouraged. Just say yes. Enjoy the process of what God is doing in you right now. What is God doing in you right now? God wants to change you. He wants to grow your character. So the things that you're believing for will actually come to pass. How many of you believe that God is going to train you? Look, that, that life class today was packed. There were people ready to learn. Listen, because I, I, I know, see, a lot of, a lot of Christians fall off because they're not ready. A lot of Christians say, I don't know why I don't, you know, I'm up one week and I'm down one week and I'm sideways another week. And God said, listen, Jesus said, you got to have a foundation. You got to have a foundation that when the winds and the rain comes, that you're on the rock. 
that you're not on sand, you're not on grainy sand, that when every little wind happens, you get blown over and feel like you're always starting over. How many of you want to quit always feeling like you're starting over and begin to go to glory, to glory, to faith, to faith? And that's what Paul was saying. He said, listen, he said, I want y'all to begin to mature. He said, y'all, some of you are drinking milk. You should be eating meat. Some of y'all are teaching, but you're still having problems with foundational things. He said, by this time, you should be teaching. Come on. Paul said, listen, we're not playing around. See, we see church as a patty cake kind of get together, feel good. But how many of you know that the church should be the most forceful thing on the face of the planet? The church, the kingdom of heaven suffers violence, but the violent take it by force. It's those that say, I'm not going to half step it. If the church is the bride of Christ, then how well should we take care of it? Come on, who am I preaching to today? I believe that God is going to cause us to begin to rise up, quit getting smacked down and having a pity party every time something doesn't go our way and begin to teach the enemy a lesson by going forward with Jesus. Come on, I got 15 of you clapping. How about we give God some praise if you believe you're going to give the enemy a black eye. Has the enemy stolen from you? He's stolen from me. Has the enemy just treated you right? See, he's aggressive no matter if we're aggressive or not. So we might as well get aggressive. I want to give you four preparations for change. Are you all all right today? Four preparations for change. Number one, we got to prepare our mind. Prepare your mind. We got to make the high places low like John the Baptist was talking about. All those arguments, all those suggestions in our mind, We don't want to ring the bell because we have a weak mind. How many of you know that we have the mind of Christ? See, God wouldn't have given us any armor if there wasn't going to be a fight. There is going to be a fight, and the fight usually starts in our mind. If we give up and don't line ourselves up with God's word, then we've already lost the battle in our mind. How many of you want to win the battle? Listen, Jesus was in the wilderness, and the enemy threw out temptations, temptations, temptations. Listen, if if God is going to, if the enemy is going to tempt God, how much more is he going to tempt us? You know, the Bible says temptations are going to come. Temptations are going to come. Are you going to be ready for them? That's the question. They're coming. They're coming. You're like, well, that's not an encouraging word. That's what the Bible says. They're coming. Are we ready for those temptations? How did God defeat the enemy with temptations. He had to declare the word of God. Every time the temptation came, he had to fight with the word of God and declare the word of God. Jesus himself did not make up new words and new scriptures. He said, it is written. And he declared. Let me ask you today, how many times when the enemy tries to attack you, you attack him back with the word of God? If we're just attacking by just, you know, I need a quiet place. I just need to get away. No, no, no. We got to attack with the word of God. How many of you want to begin to use the sword of the spirit? It begins to bring down the strongholds. Some of you, in your mind, you feel like you're not smart enough. God says you got the mind of Christ. 
Some of you don't feel like you have the right background. God says that you have more than enough, that you're abundant, that you're a king, that you're a priest. And I believe that when we line ourselves with the word of God, then we'll begin to grow our capacity for the blessing of God. And we begin to fight. Listen, some of you, you feel so discouraged when you look in the mirror. That is just true. Some of you look in the mirror, you think, this is the ugliest person on the face of the earth. And that's just true, and it can trip you up. You say, man, I just look bad. I, I don't like the way my face is. I don't like the way my ears are. I don't like the way my mouth is. And, and you get so insecure that it's difficult for you to even, you know, reach out to somebody because you're worried about what people are thinking. How many of you know you got to fight that with the word of God? Quit living that way because you're made in the image of God. The Bible says that he spent so much time thinking about you before he made you. Quit looking in the mirror. You need to start looking in the mirror and saying, man, I am looking good today. Look at your neighbor and say, I'm looking good. I don't know about you. <laughs> Look, David said, listen, I'm a, he, he didn't have a confidence problem. David said, I'm a masterpiece. Listen, David said, God, thank you for making me so wonderfully and beautifully made. That's how David was. Quit living your life getting discouraged by the way that you look. Quit getting discouraged about where you are. Know that God has you where you are so that you can change and get out of it. And I believe that some of you, you have a desire to have abundance You have a desire to have a husband. You have a desire to do great things for God. You have the desire, but God is going to match your desire with character. He's going to cause you to rise up in that point, but we got to get ready. Look at your neighbor and say, you got to get ready. Number one, we have to prepare our mind. Number two, number two, how many of you know we overcome by the blood of the lamb and by the word of our time? Aren't you glad that Jesus shed his blood and gave you a new start? Come on, David said it, it is like making, it's like renewing my youth. I love how he said that. He says that his mercies are new every morning. And that the blood of Jesus is able to give you a clean slate and a new start. And we fight with that blood. We have to remind the enemy that we're already forgiven. We have to remind the enemy when you feel guilt and shame. You ever felt guilty in the morning? You didn't even do anything? You ever felt like condemned, like you're not doing enough? That's the enemy. Because God doesn't condemn, he convicts. He says, this is who you are. This is what you can do. Come on, rise up. He doesn't discourage you. God says, this is what I want you to do. And a lot of times we can listen to all the accusations. Listen, mothers, you do a lot. You're cooking, you're cleaning, you're helping the kids. Quit feeling so condemned. There is not a perfect mother. And all those people on Facebook that act like they're perfect, they're not perfect either. It's a bunch of editing and a bunch of all kinds of other stuff. Nobody has a perfect life. We all need Jesus. Quit feeling condemned. Fellowship, we're all in the same boat. We're all in the same ship. Am I right about it? We all need Jesus. We overcome by the blood of the lamb and the word of our testimony. Come on, begin to to declare God's word. Begin to declare his word over your life and watch yourself begin to get into victory. Number two. Prepare for setbacks. Prepare for setbacks. How many of you know that calm seas never make good, great captains? Calm seas never make great captains. We have to be ready 
for setbacks. See, sometimes, this is what the Bible says. I honestly used to get discouraged when I read this. The Bible said, it says, you can make plans, but God's going to direct your steps. And I'm thinking, God, well, what's the use of making plans if you're just going to change? And he's saying, no, 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 you make the plan, but I, the steps might not be ordered the way you think they're going to be ordered. There might be some setbacks that I'm setting you up for a comeback. There might be some setbacks that are setting you up for victory. If you're in a setback right now, chances are God is setting you up for some victory. You ever had something fall through? You know, John the Baptist said, make that low place high. You ever been in a low place? You were counting on your husband, and he failed. You were counting on your wife, and they failed. You counted on that relationship. It failed. You counted on that car to work for you, and it failed. You counted on things, and it failed. You counted on that promotion, and it failed. Am I I the only one here that has had setbacks? God says today that I want to cause your setbacks to really become a comeback. God wants to use your setbacks and really use them for his glory. Do y'all believe that? See, if we never experience opposition, we'll never see the faithfulness of God. That's just the truth. Nobody's like, bring on the opposition. No, I'm not either. I'm like, God have mercy. But we have to know if there's never any opposition, then we'll never see the faithfulness of God. How do you know if God's your healer if you haven't been healed? How do you know if God's your provider if you've never lacked? How How do you know who God is if you've never had to face some difficult things? And you might be going through a difficult thing right now, but God's gonna turn it around. He's a genius in that way. He turns it around, but we got to be ready for it. Am I right about it? Listen, Noah, he told Noah to build an ark. People started mocking. He said, keep building. I'm going to work it for your advantage. Moses, he was, getting, he was getting trapped by the enemy. He was on his face and said, God, why'd you bring me here? God said, get up, stretch your rod, and walk over. And God actually used that to swallow up all the enemy. What looked like something that's just devastation, God told him to get up and keep moving because I'm going to work it out for your good. I don't see any good being at a Red Sea and an enemy following after you. Who can see the light of day in that? And God says, this is how I work it. I become, to do, I become a person that does the impossible so that you begin to know that I'm faithful. And God wants to change your circumstance. Elijah was in a place when he was in a cave. And God said, what are you doing here? Get up, anoint some people, and take over Israel. He was in a dark place, but he used that dark place to bring them into victory. How many of you know there's going to be some setbacks? How many of you want to start seeing uh, you want to start seeing opposition as opportunity. If we're not prepared to see the opposition as opportunity, then we'll fail the test because we'll just get discouraged. You ever had one of those days? You just had one of those days? Opposition. You're like, I cannot believe this is happening right now. God wants you to begin to count it all joy. That's not easy. That's one of the things we read in the Bible and we're like, oh, yeah, God, that sounds sweet until opposition comes. And you're like, how am I supposed to count this joy? I'm ticked off right now. I'm mad right now. I feel like yelling at somebody right now. I feel like choking somebody right now. Come on, somebody. Y'all are all Jesus' third cousins. You don't ever feel like that? 
I feel like, I, you know, that point. But how many of you know that, he, that there, is, there is a blessing on the other side of your opposition if you're prepared for it and you begin to take the challenge? I love this evangelist. His name is Todd White, and he was flying somewhere, and uh, he was given the story, and he actually taped the story. He, he, uh, he was flying somewhere, and somebody stole all his luggage. Stole all his luggage. That's a bad day. That's a lot of money. That's, that's, you know, you're not feeling good about things when somebody steals something from you. And he began to get this perception. Well, if somebody stole all my luggage, that means that I got to buy new stuff. And if I need to buy new stuff, it must mean that God cares more about somebody there than my luggage. So he began to say, yeah, I, I, I got somebody stole my stuff, but I bet you there's somebody at this place that needs God. I bet you there's somebody at this place that needs Jesus, and he used the opportunity where he could be ticked off, he could just be on the phone with the police, he could be mad, but he took the opportunity and he began to look around, God, why am I here right now? I'm here to fulfill your purpose. I'm not here for any other reason. And he goes up to a guy, and and he just looks at him, and he says, you know what, Uh, I know y'all work hard a lot. He said, is there any problems with, like, your back or your foot? He says, as a matter of fact, I got, I got screws in my foot right now, and it, it hurts tremendously. And, and this Todd, he said, can I just pray for your foot right now? And he gets on his knees, and he begins to lay hands on this guy's foot. And the guy, he's not a believer. He doesn't believe in God, but all he knows is that his foot is on fire when he's praying for him. All he knows is that he's feeling something in his foot. He got it all on video. He's, his eyes are that big around, and then he calls over his friend. He's like, come, come over. You know, Todd's praying for him. He doesn't even know to close your eyes when you pray. He's just like looking around, not knowing what's going on. He brings his friend over. His friend has an issue. Prays for him. He gets healed. He gets set free. He asks him if they believe in Jesus. He said, well, I'm a Wiccan. I was a Wiccan. And he begins to say, but what I felt was real. And in that place, revival broke out in Walmart because there was luggage that was stolen. If we begin to see in our lives that maybe there is a bad thing that can turn good, we'll be prepared for it and see God move. I, I, uh, I hate that um, we've, been having, we've been having issues with, uh, with our plumbing. We've been, we've been having issues. It's been raining. The water's high, this and that. But I got aggravated the last time, and then God spoke to me and said, no, no, no. You got to, I am hooking you up with this guy that needs me. See, God cares more about souls than our little thing. God cares more about people than our little issues. You wonder why there's a setback. It's because God is setting you up to really see the opposition as opportunity. Listen, David, when Goliath came, David didn't see Goliath. He saw the opportunity. He said, whoever's slaying Goliath, he's getting, he's getting the king's daughter, and they don't, I don't have to pay taxes for the rest of my life. He said, he, he looked past the Goliath and saw the opportunity. Let me ask you are, you, are you seeing the opportunity past your opposition? How many of you say, I, I want to start seeing I want to see my opportunity past my opposition. Come on. How many of you in here that say, I want to start counting it all joy. I want to begin to say, no, I know, God, you have a plan. 
Number three, prepare to do your best. Prepare to do your best. I love Mercedes' slogan. It says, the best or nothing. Mercedes' slogan says, the best or nothing. How many of you want to be prepared to do your best? God only blesses those that give it all they got. doesn't have to be the most talented. doesn't have to be the most equipped. But those that do their best, God begins to see them as a good steward. How many of you want to do your best? You know, Jacob was a guy that always cut corners. You know, John the Baptist said, if you want to be prepared for something new, make the crooked places straight. God doesn't want us to cut corners. God doesn't want us to get the blessing when we didn't do the work. Am I right about it? You say, well, that's the law. You know, you got to, you know, work and get the, no, no, no. What I'm saying is God wants us to change so that we can take care of the blessing. And in our life, uh, we can see ourselves like Jacob. Jacob stole the blessing. Jacob was just working the deal. You ever knew somebody that just was always working the deal? There was a brokenness place that Jacob had to get to. There was a place where Jacob had to say, I'm not doing things crooked anymore. And he began to wrestle with God, and God changed his name and began to come into blessing. How many of you want a name change? There was this, um, there's a story of this builder. He was a contractor, and he had a great employee. And, uh, but over the years, the employee got um, really kind of disgruntled, and he was about to retire, and uh, the builder said, I, I really need you to build one last house for me, and then we'll, we'll, we'll get you all your retirement set up and all that. Just build one more house for me, and so the builder begins to build this house, and it's a gigantic house, the biggest house they've built yet. It's got all kinds of features, all kinds of functions, and he, he begins to get a little anxious and he begins to cut some corners. He doesn't do the roofing right. He doesn't do the gutters all right. He doesn't do the plumbing right. He didn't even do the foundation all that right. He kind of cut corners, and then before you knew it, he was in, he was done with his job. He was like, I'm ready for a retirement. He meets with his boss. His boss says, great job, throws him the keys and says, this is your house. And a lot of times in our life, if we cut corners, it's not hurting anybody else. It's hurting us. One day, cutting corners is going to come back to bite us because we're building our own house right now by giving it our all. How many of you know we need to give it our all? That we don't just say, you know what, I'm going I'm to just halfway do it. Listen, if you're a greeter, be the best greeter. If you're going to be in the media team, be in the best media team. If you're going to dig ditches, dig ditches for the glory of God. Come on, somebody. How many of you know that, that disciples, that Christians should be the hardest workers? They should be the best workers. They should give it their all. That's what Paul said. He said, listen, God's working in you, so quit complaining. And if we get in a mindset of, oh, you know, a lot of our problems are rich people problems. A lot of our problems are rich. You, you got your tire blown out, but at least you have a tire, at least you have a car. Come on, you're plumbing backed up. At least you have a house. There's not very many people in America that are suffering like people we see in third world countries. You say that, you know, you lost tops. Guess what? You have an opportunity to get into school. 
Yeah. Am I right? How many of you know if you're a student, you need to be the best student you can be? You don't need to say, you know what, I, I'm, I'm able to make A's, but I'm just going to settle for C's. God's saying, no, 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 no. I need, if you're able to do it, go after it. Do your best. Look at your neighbor and say, do your best. And this is the last thing, if I can get somebody to come and play. How many of you know that we need to prepare to stand our ground? We need to prepare to stand our ground. This is what I really feel like God was saying to me to tell to you that's really, really, really simple. That's really simple is that you can handle it. What you're going through, you can handle it. You might be in a place of total broken place, but God's saying, I'm going to give you the grace to get through it. I want us to do something. Can we all stand up? I want us to read something together until we believe it. Philippians 4.13. Read this with me. Philippians 4.13. I want you to say it with, with enthusiasm if you can. Is this it? Philippians Philippians 4.13. I can do all things. That's 2.12. <laughs> Philippians 4.13. You know what? Just say this after me. God bless them in the back. Say this with me. I can do all things. Say it with me, not after me. I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me. Let's say it like we mean it. Mean it. I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me. Come on, I want you to begin to see your problem, and I want you to begin to speak to your problem right now. Say this with me again. I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me. You can. You can't handle it. You can get through it. God said there's not a temptation or a circumstance that you're going through that you're not able to get out of. Let's say it again. I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me. See, don't run away from problems. Run to problems. Run to the opposition. I love when the captain said, you know what? We taught our guys that if a shark circles you to stand your ground, to stand your ground, to not give up, and if it comes after you to punch it in the nose. How many of you know we need to punch the enemy in the nose? We need to react. See, he's thinking he's bringing things on your life because he thinks you're going to react in a certain way. He thinks you're going to give up. He thinks you're going to get discouraged. But in those moments, teach the enemy a lesson. Whenever I get discouraged or whenever I come through opposition, I'm going to begin to do something great for God, and I'm going to begin to get through this, and the enemy will begin to leave you alone. Because he says, man, every time I throw something at them, they begin to get even better. They begin to go to another level. How many of you want to go to the other, another level that you don't want to stay the same? Come on, are y'all awake today? If you say, you know what, I believe that I can do all things, God's been calling some of you to lead. Lead. God's been calling some of you to serve. Serve. Quit running away. Quit doing your own thing. Don't be like Jonah where, where you find yourself in a dark place because you, you've, you've gone away from what God is trying to do in your life. You say, well, i gotta get, I got to get a lot of stuff in order before I really come to God. No, no, no. we got to come to God and he puts everything in order. 
God begins to say, hey, will you, I love when they said, you know what, we were in the mud and we didn't know how we were able to make it, but we begin to sing, and when we begin begin to sing together, then then all of a sudden the mud didn't seem that cold, the wind didn't seem that cold. All of a sudden there was hope. Listen, when you're going through a hard circumstance, you need to lock arms with somebody. You need to begin to praise God. See, we got to praise God when we're not feeling like it. That's what praise is for. We like to praise God when everything's good. God says, I want you to praise me in the hard times. I want you to praise me when things are going difficult. How many of you know that God wants to bring praise in your lips even through hard times because Jesus is enough? Maybe you're going through something hard, but know this, Jesus is enough. How many of you want to be a person of praise and not a person of complaining? You want to pray, maybe things are going rough in your life. God's going to make them smooth. How? You're going to begin to say, I'm going to begin to praise. Maybe things are not panning out like I thought, but God's got a plan. He's going to finish the work that he started in me. Maybe the marriage is not panning out like I thought. Maybe the relationship, maybe the job, but God's got a plan. He's saying, do your best. God's got a plan. He says, get ready to overcome opposition because God has a blessing for you. Come on, if you can, just lift your hands right where you are. And begin to say, Jesus, train me for change. Come on, right where you are, what are some things in your life that God is saying, that right there, that's got to go. Get rid of the old and come into the new. Get rid of the old and come to the new. The excuses, the complaining, the backbiting, Come on, the anger, the addiction, God is saying get rid of the old and come into the new. Lord, I thank you for everybody here that has their hands lifted. I thank you that you're bringing them into a place of victory and glory in their life.